Hey, Will. How's it What's going that? from the shores of California? Dude, it's nice out here. I've had some In-N-Out Burger. Got sure. to play a little bit of golf. It's the boys' birthday week, so we've uh, got to go out on the boat a little bit, take them to a water park, see Shamu. Nice. Yeah. Nice. They'll see, is that SeaWorld, right? That, that's SeaWorld. Well, have you noticed in your time in California any shortages in the beer market? You know, I, I have seen some signs saying that things are coming. And I think we're probably going to talk about that today, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a great segue. So hopefully all you listeners pop up in a can right now and join us as we talk about the beer shortages that are taking place um, in your new home state, Will, of California, where the recycling system seeing a decrease in aluminum, which is being obviously used for the cans, but also what suppliers are doing, um, Ball Corp, which is the one of the largest aluminum can manufacturers located in, in Colorado, recently increased their truckloads minimums on purchase orders to five, which is the equivalent of five million cans per order, which is a lot for some local breweries that want to get their product out there. But really leads into an interesting segue on is what do you do if your supplier or any of your manufacturing partners increase their MOQs and short notice? And how do you pivot to getting your product out? Because it can happen. Um, and it does happen, as we're seeing now in the uh, in the beer market. Yeah, I think it's important to know that, you know, in this sense, the demand for, you know, the de- demand for aluminum cans is at a peak. Right now, it is continuing to climb. Everybody wants aluminum cans, whether you are a soft drink manufacturer, if you're producing High Noons, White Claws, Trulies, you yep. are competing for with everybody, the beer market, everybody wants aluminum cans. And so this situation is interesting. There's in whiskey, there's whiskey and lemon drinks and cans now. Yeah. Mixed drinks and can, everything yeah. is going into a can. It is relatively infinitely recyclable. And which is issue, a whole different topic of how we're not maybe doing a great job of recycling. Cause that's where most of these cans come from right. is recycled. They, for the most part, the aluminum industry gets, um, a, high percentage of the cans they make again yeah. from recycling 73 percent exactly that's not happening yeah but the thing to take away here is that if your supplier is pushing is pushing something on you and forcing you to act quickly you know a lot of times you're like what what can i do what yeah. what what should i do here and so in the you know in this specific instance if a supplier is pushing you to make purchase orders um for large amounts because of a capacity issue, really, you know, there's three steps that you need to do. You need to take a quick step back and assess and say, okay, what is the information I'm getting? What am I processing? The second thing that you take a look at is, do I have other sources? Am I boxed into this supplier or have you diversified who you can actually go to? And so Dan, in this case, you know, if you're looking to source an aluminum can, if you're looking to source a component Hopefully you've built some redundancy in your supply chain to where you're not single source with the supplier. So you can actually take a look. And then the last thing after you've done that is you have to make your decision. In certain cases, you you have to be fiscally responsible to your business. And so if the only solution you have is to make purchases for something, 
Well, then you can work with your supplier and say, hey, if you're agreeing to purchase this amount, which is past what you normally would do, can you make the purchase for it? But can you have them store it for a longer period of time? You know, what can you what can you get knowing that you're forced into this situation? And hopefully that's where some of the partnership comes with, you know, when you we talk about being a good partner with your supplier, it shouldn't be one way. It was like, hey, we have the ability to dictate terms to you, take it or leave it. Yeah. Also, one thing that I'm actually curious about, and I don't know if this is done across like, say like local breweries is, okay, 5 million cans is a lot. And most of the time they're like sleeves that you put on them. So it's not direct deco. Yeah. Can, for the you, smaller can, you, breweries, can you just yeah. come together maybe as like a coalition order and then distribute across truckloads that way? Just one way to maybe beat it obviously you're putting a lot of trust in in your local community to do that but i mean microbreweries are pretty much everywhere right now and five million cans is a lot sure it's diverse they have a huge portfolio it's not like they're just maybe just selling like one ipa or like one pilsner but like that maybe there's a way that you can group these orders together just because it's not like in the beauty industry where everyone's like Miss Spray is slightly different. There's a lot more diversity in that packaging as there is in cans. Yeah, it, no, it's a good point. And I think people, like you could, I think you could, if you, you know, if you had a group and you felt like you could get it done, even if you put a bare minimum, you know, legal contract in place, I think that's something you can do. This is also where you see why people buy things from distributors yeah. Knowing that a distributor is going to buy that 5 million, 10 million, 15 Just million can, and they're yeah. going to hold it and they're going to sell it at a premium. And they have a, t- I know, you know, we know one distributor that works with a lot of these companies. They're in California and they do the same thing. They sell to these breweries. And the big, the interesting thing is, though, is that, you know, when do they start taking on more inventory? You know, they're like, hey, you know, we normally order 20 million. Should we order 30 million knowing that this demand's going to go up and up and we can probably get rid of it is the short answer. Yeah. And this is a whole different conversation where sometimes actually distributors on certain products actually could make sense, especially in a situation where like the MOQs are five truckloads. Right. And exactly. And in this case, it's not necessarily that... Um, it's a hard to get item because it's technically challenging. It's a hard to get item because everybody wants it. Yep. And so, you know, as you're looking at it from a company, you know, and you're, you know, ultimately when you're being dictated something to by a supplier, you're always needing to just try to take a look and say, what can I do to mitigate the situation and at least get something that's beneficial for us? So in addition to, you know, those times where you're being asked to purchase more, it's like, hey, either you buy it or you lose it. There's other things that you can do with your suppliers where you can say, okay, I've now purchased these goods and now I have to hold on to them. What can we do in the next year? Is this something that has some seasonality to it? Is there something where they can help support you on another side of the business that you may be struggling with? There's there's a lot of different things that they can do um, that you can be creative with to where it's not necessarily one ended. And this is another reason why we put into place, you know, you have supply agreements that you can work on. You have um, 
material supply agreements in terms of when it comes to quality and when something should be there. These are all times where they make sense based on what type of goods you have. I think Ball is just doing this to pay off their stadium rights for the Avalanche and Nuggets. There's the hot take that everybody's looking for. Well, the, Dan, the, the big thing is that people don't realize also is that there is a lot of capital that has to go into place to produce these aluminum cans. The aluminum can process in general requires you to make slugs that are really like hockey pucks of um, aluminum, and then you're extruding them up into the can. Once these facilities are typically built, the capacity is almost already spoken for. Yeah. Like when you think of Budweiser, you think of um, Miller, Coors, name all the big beer companies, name all the like Coke, Pepsi. Who doesn't like aluminum cans? Do you put a straw in your aluminum can? I know the pop top's there for that to hold it in place. Yeah. But I love the feeling of drinking out of aluminum can. Oh, I, I, I second that. So. Yeah. High probability that all you listeners are probably going to be drinking out of a can sometime this week. I know I already have, not during this recording, of course, but I have drinking out of a can this week. Uh, but we hope you guys come back and continue to rate and subscribe on our uh, safety stock on Spotify and Apple. Yeah. And if you have a good drink that we haven't tried yet, reach out to us at hello at anvil.com. That's A N V Y L. We'll talk to you soon.